Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. It is Friday. In the Valley of the Sun, I've got a scratchy throat. That means we're ready to go here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jared Carlin, and making his way into the man, Ak- oh man. the Auction Community sound like, Studios. Where you you sound like your co-host. <laughs> I'm not that scratchy. You, gotta, <laughs> you and Dan both have that Midwestern gravelly voice. I haven't been voice. able to introduce him yet, Jared. Who is Allow that? me to introduce myself. My <laughs> name, name is Tim oh. Ring. Hey. Pronounced with an M ring. Yo, ladies. Oh, how I love to... Oh, wait. <laughs> What's up, Tim? Hey, man. How you Did doing? Did I just hear you on the Burns and Gambo show? I, I didn't even leave. Man. I just slept here. <laughs> I get to say the exact same thing over and over again for the next four hours. Look, no, the, that's good. That's none of the personnel from that show is awake and listening. Hmm. What are you talking <laughs> none about? None of them. Although we all the Gambo wakes up at four thirty. Gambo's alarm goes off at four. Um, but Vince, it's the people, man. It's the listeners, the people that just drove home from work and now yeah. driving back. And what, they- <laughs> what show do you like better? I mean, from a, from a working on standpoint, look, you can tell us. Look, just between us, this is a it's trust circle fun. here on the show. Wolf and Luke. Wow, <laughs> Jerry. What you I, no, I really, if, Luke if, if he's filling in for Luke, yes, I would believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> we love you, Luke. He's uh, asleep too. Well, you know the Burns and Gambo show pays more. I don't know if you guys knew that. Wow, to deal Wait with that's a lie. No, did you all, get paid? They all they all pay the they same. They started paying they, replacement yeah, hosts. Right. When did this policy <laughs> kick in? Uh, no, appreciate you being here. Oh, good to be here. And not if you are a fan of Tim Ring, and I, there's a lot of Tim Ring fans out there because oh, yeah. I, when you do the Cardinals overtime or the Suns post game show, I hear all your your followers calling it. Tim, oh, yeah. it's great to hear you on the radio. Yep. yep. Good news for those people, and good news for us. There's going to be in four of them. Yes. All <laughs> next week, you'll be in too. I will be in all next week. That's right. Bick is going to be off for a while. Yes. He's on a vacation. So uh, actually, December is going to be busy. A lot of you guys are taking vacation, so you're going to get a steady dose of use my it or lose scratchy it. voice. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think mine mine cleared up. I, I should have really tested that before I turned the mic on. Sorry. Take a swig Sorry of that, that. Take a swig of that big gulp, Doctor Pepper. You got working <laughs> no, over there. No, it's a, just a big fat coffee. Uh, Jared, let's get this thing rolling. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Hey, 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. We start the Splash with Suns guard Devin Booker, named the Western Conference Player of the Month for November yesterday. Of course, exploding for 95 points in the last two games of the month will certainly bolster your resume, and that's exactly what Booker did. For the month, 29 points, 5.8 assists, 5.3 rebounds per game. He also had three games of 44 or more points, including his son's footprint center record of 51 against Chicago on Wednesday. Second time he's won the award uh, in his career, joining February of 2021. And Monty Williams named the Western Conference Coach of the Month after leading the Suns to a 15-6 and mark to start the season. Everything's coming up roses with the Suns right now. Yeah, DA, Western Conference Player of the Week. In honor of DA, by the way, look, I got my, uh, my vintage 2018 DA Pumas on. Yes. We're going to have a Twitter poll here. Oh, you will? Yes, between your your sneakers and my shoes. Okay. Which is the fresher look. <laughs> I um, I love it. I loved those shoes when they came out. You know, listen, man, I, I put it on I put it on Twitter the night of the uh, the Bulls game. I don't know if it was the Bulls defense, but the way that Aiton and Booker were scoring in that game, Vinny, it looked to me like Booker and Aiton were a couple of ringers that were snuck, snuck into a Wednesday night lawyer's league <laughs> at Lifetime Fitness. I mean, that was a flat-out joke. Wait a minute. I mean, they got whatever they want whenever they wanted it. Are you calling into question the defensive skills of one Nikola Vucevic? How dare Dare you, Aiden? Aiden through five minutes of that game was on pace for a hundred. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Wilt is in trouble. <laughs> DA's going to be holding up a sign in the locker room tonight. Uh, Booker That's and right. the Suns with another home game to uh, where they are a league best twelve and one this season. They host the Houston Rockets this evening. Rockets come in with a Western Conference worst five and sixteen mark. They've lost two straight. Chris Paul out for his twelfth straight game. Uh, with the heel injury, tonight's game tips off at seven o'clock, and that's not even the biggest thing that's going on with Chris Paul. We won't elaborate, but you can you can Google it. I woke up to that. I'm uh, like, why is he trending with that person? Yeah. <laughs> we live in a crazy world, Tim. Pre-game coverage starts at six thirty here on the Arizona Sports app at ninety eight seven. Cardinals bye week continues. They will be back out at the Dignity Health Training Center on Monday to start getting ready for their Week 14 foe, the Patriots, who were in action last night. And there wasn't much action concerning the Patriots. They scored one touchdown. 24-7, they lose to the Bills. Their one touchdown was scored on offense by a defensive player who is playing his first snap of offense. That's how challenged the Patriots' offense is right now. Yeah, Vinny, I I tell you, I I think we're heading for a collision course. With all due respect to the Dolphins and the Ravens and even the Bengals, got to think... Either Joe Burr or excuse me, either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes will be quarterback in here in Glendale in February in the Super Bowl. I think the AFC is the superior conference in terms of depth of quality of yeah. teams, but I agree with you. Those two teams are because the Bills have not had an easy run. They've had a lot of injuries they're dealing with. Von Miller's out for four weeks now. Um, they've just kind of stayed the course, nine to three. Want to hear a crazy anomaly? A stat? Sure. We're in December. That was the Bills as good as they are. That was their first division win of the year last I know. Night. That was yeah, they were the only team in the in the division without a win. Crazy. Uh the Coyotes fell on the road five three to the Kings. 
In L.A., uh, the Coyotes led 3-1 seven minutes into the third, but the Kings reeled off four straight to uh, ice it. Road trip continues tomorrow in Vancouver against the Canucks. Man, that trip is even longer in reality than it seemed on paper before it started. And there's still three games to go. I can't believe it's still going. Yeah. I can believe it's still going, but yes. You know a road trip on is on long on when it. you have time to come back? Like two or three different times and then leave again on the road trip. Um, college football, tough blow for Michigan football. Their top ball carrier, Blake Corum, having knee surgery out for the year. He originally injured his knee November 19th against Illinois. Tried to play last week against the Ohio State, but could only go uh, for two carries. Uh, so that's a big blow as Michigan has national title hopes. Championship weekend in college football. The fun starts tonight in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game between 11th-ranked Utah and 4th-ranked USC at Allegiant Stadium. The Trojans' only blemish on their schedule this year came in a wild 43-42 loss to Utah in mid-October, what was probably the game of the year in the Pac-12. USC needs a win to nail down a spot in the college football Winning they're in. They could be the first team to punch their ticket. Yes. And if they win and we have chalk, I mentioned Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes coming to Glendale. Vinny, Jared, Sarah, if there's chalk, remember the the Fiesta Bowl is a playoff game. It is a semifinal. If you're looking ahead to that, if there is chalk, expect USC to play Georgia in the Peach Bowl, mm-hmm. which mean in our, means in our fair city, we would likely have Michigan and TCU. TCU. Eh... That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. And does that does that excite the masses? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no Blake Corum. <laughs> what, what are we, we to do? do? <laughs> uh, then tomorrow, it's 10th ranked Kansas State facing undefeated number three TCU in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington. 14th ranked LSU against top ranked Georgia in the SEC title game in Atlanta. Purdue taking on number two Michigan for the Big 10 crown in Indianapolis. And then ninth ranked Clemson facing number 23 North Carolina in the ACC championship game in Charlotte to close out the evening. So if you, if you want to just sit on the couch and watch a lot of football, tomorrow you have that option uh the college football playoff by the way is officially expanding to 12 teams from its current four-team format that will be in 2024 it was announced yesterday in 2024 the quarterfinal games will be the fiesta bowl peach bowl rose bowl and sugar bowl uh with the semifinals at the cotton bowl and orange bowl and then the championship game will be held january 20th 2025 in atlanta 12-team playoff is a reality. Can yeah, you believe it? And those bowls obviously will rotate. That, yes. that, that'll be the, 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 the first 2024 setup. Yeah. And then the national championship game will be much like it's been, like the Super Bowl. It'll, mm-hmm. The cities will, will bid on it and whatnot. And Vinny, it's always a hot debate, man. The 12-team the playoff. Bernsey and I kicked it around quite a bit yesterday. I don't know your thoughts on it. I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to have you're going to have more meaningful postseason games. Obviously, you're going to have more meaningful bowl games. With players not sitting out, obviously, but the regular season, meaningful games in September and October, uh, meaningful upsets that rock the college football world, they're going to take a hit. They're not going to be as big and meaningful in September and October as we've historically seen. And college football. I've because, got thoughts on that. We'll get into that. Yeah, in, I mean, I just, I, I just don't know how. I, I, it, it's, you, a, it's a balance there. Yeah, the later, the the, the postseason is going to be way better. The the early season's probably not going to be as as meaningful. Yeah. College hoops. Desmond Cambridge hit a three pointer with two point six seconds left. 
lifting ASU to a 60-59 road win over Colorado in the Pac-12 opener for both teams. Sun Devils trailed by as many as 15 in the second half, 12 with just over six minutes to play, but went on an 11-0 run to climb into it. Uh, Desmond Cambridge's brother, Devin Cambridge, led the Devils with 18 points. They're home Sunday to take on Stanford. Meanwhile, in Salt Lake City, fourth-ranked Arizona tasted defeat for the first time this season, and it didn't taste good. They got ran by Utah, 81-66. to Wildcats shot just 35.2% from the floor and 14% from three-point range. They will host Cal Sunday in Tucson. And uh, in Never the, good when you score 35 points less than your season average. That is true. Uh, groups G and H finish up group play at the World Cup uh, today. Tomorrow, the knockout stage begins with the United States playing the first match of the day, taking on the Netherlands in a game that gets started. Is it 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock here? 8 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock. Okay, good. Uh, Christian Pulisic, who suffered an abdominal injury and said, No, I didn't get hit where you think I got hit. Uh, he says he will do anything in his power to play for the U.S., which is good because they probably need him against those mm-hmm. guys. The, the Dutch. Against all those <laughs> six-foot-six soccer players. <laughs> People are insane. There you go. There is your splash for Friday, December 2nd. Coming up, yes, they are on their bye week, but they remain a hot topic of conversation around water coolers in Phoenix, Arizona, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into it, get Tim's thoughts on all of it next. It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick. On Plays of Our Lives. (laughs) It's Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. couple of weeks I would say I've been pretty slow uh, I hate I hate not playing <laughs> if that's one thing I mean I already knew that but no competitor likes to sit there and watch from the sidelines it's, it's never fun um, but I'm, I'm glad to be back out there so you know urgency is obviously through the roof we can still control our own destiny we, we have the talent and we got the team to do it we just got to put it all together on Sunday I mean, listen to the beginning of that soundbite from Hard Knocks from Kyler Murray. I, 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 me, me, me. <laughs> Obviously, he only cares about himself. That's tongue in cheek. Uh, Kyler Murray talking about being out the last couple weeks on the last episode of uh, Hard Knocks. I, I got an answer to the question I posed. I was like, what is the bye week Hard Knocks going to look like? There, oh, is, yeah. there is not one. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, I guess they're going on hiatus for a week. Which so is, we do not have an episode next Wednesday. No. Okay. Um, real quick, let's just get this out of the way, Tim. What did you think of the Hard Knocks episode this week? I have lost interest as a fan. Yes. <laughs> I will maintain interest. As a professional? As a professional journalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 a tough time even spitting those words out. Hey, at least that was close. you that giggled and not one of us. <laughs> yeah, that have been rough. You feel the same as a, a lot of us. And I'll tell you what, I play that soundbite for a reason, too. Kyler Murray... Man, you want to talk about being under the microscope, which he has been his entire career. The intensity on that microscope gets is, t- is turned up right now for a, a number of reasons, and we'll get into one of those big reasons uh, at, at 7 o'clock. But I think, even with the injury, I think it's very curious that this, this guy who's kind of an enigma, you would agree, mm-hmm. at this point in his career, very talented face of the franchise, most talked about player on the Cardinals, has barely been featured in this television show about the Arizona Cardinals. 
And I don't know if that's an editorial choice by HBO or NFL Films. I don't know if you know, we've talked about how much control the Cardinals have in this whole process. Hey, this is what we want you to show. This is what we don't want you to show. Well, not playing for two of the first three weeks probably played a part in that. Yes. They, they, they put them back in the crosshairs a little bit this week. Very with, little, though. With the, with the interview. And then they, well, they focused on the Murray Hollywood Brown relationship. And they, they did sit them down to look at the camera and. But do you know? Do you feel like you know anything more about Kyler Murray than you than you didn't? Again, no. But it, I, I I think what do we really know about Kyler Murray since he's been here? Not much. That's the thing. He's it's been what four seasons now. Well, I don't yeah. think. Do you I, feel like you know the guy at all? Do his teammates feel like they know him? Uh, aside from maybe Hollywood Brown, who went to college with him. I mean, if 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 a current teammate was sitting, does Patrick Peterson really know him? Does Larry Fitzgerald really know him? Does Kelvin Beecham really know him? Does Cliff really know him? I mean, I think you know. I think if you had if you had a real heart to heart with a lot of Cardinal players, I think that would probably be a prevailing thought. Like you know, Kyler kind of beats to his own drum and and does his own thing and kind of maybe keeps to himself. And he's, he's I, I, that that's just the perception you get that he's kind of his own dude. Yeah, I, I and, certainly got that. And I, I don't think anybody dislikes him to the point of like. Oh, I hate that guy, but I don't know if there's a very strong relationship. We did we did see him dining with his offensive line a couple of episodes ago. So, but apparently he, that's a full offense or a full team meal that they do every week. Okay, but, but he makes, was, but he, he, makes given, he makes the effort to do that though. To yes, be fair to him, yes. I I don't know. I just thought and, and look that hard knocks has not gone how I thought it would go for the Cardinals. Obviously, this this season. Um, ingredients are tough. It makes it a tough watch sometimes. But, you know, we were having these discussions who's going to be featured more. I, I was like, oh, our face of the franchise, Kyler Murray's going to be that guy. I, I just don't think, you know, for an in, he's not even been the most featured injured player. We got more insight on the life of Will Hernandez. And Antonio and, Hamilton. Yes, and Antonio Hamilton yeah. in the Mexico City um, uh, episode than we, than we have on Kyler Murray. Even when Kyler Murray speaks to the media, he doesn't he doesn't give you a whole lot, and I, I think that's what. And listen, maybe Kyler Murray does have some relationships with teammates that we just don't know about because he just he just doesn't give you a whole lot as a personality. And some of that's you know our access to him is through press conferences, yes. and you think mm-hmm. back to other players or other guys that have played the position like a Kurt Warner and a Carson Palmer. These guys were really they, they just they they, they they their personalities were just bigger, right? Mm-hmm. They just gave you a lot, and you you learned about them as people and as quarterbacks and as uh, you know professionals and as fathers and husbands and all that kind of stuff about what you know kind of what made them tick. Kyler doesn't give you a whole lot, and that might be uh, that, uh, he gives you more than some people. In the organization, do that. Yeah, but that might be <laughs> that might be it though, because they're making a TV show, and they shoot lots of footage. They might just go with whatever is the best storyline after they filmed everything. They might want to feature Kyler, and, and he's, he's like, just not giving them anything. These guys giving us nothing, and let's let's put it on the That's cutting room floor. Very possible. And I don't want I, I people are listening now, and, and Kyler Murray is a hot button subject, and he's a very divisive figure in Phoenix sports right now. Because he's got his followers and he's got his detractors. And the followers, if you say anything critical of Kyler Murray, they're like, oh, you're a hater. You're a-. This is not an attack on Kyler Murray. This is what I was hoping from, hoping for in this whole Hard Knocks experience. Is like, all right, you, you know, 
He's in his fourth year as the starter. He's not going anywhere because of the contract. I want to get to know him a little bit more because, again, like you said, media availability, it's just through press conferences. You're not getting a lot of personal stuff there. We've had Kyler Murray on this radio station one time, and that was the day after he got drafted. And that was on our show. And, it, it you know, it, it wasn't, I mean, I right. don't think he was all that comfortable doing a radio interview. Like, look, could we be at home with Kyler Murray? Does he have a dog? Yeah. Does he have a girlfriend? What does his house look like? What does his gaming setup what is it, look yeah, like? Yeah, what does his gaming setup look like? Oh, I'm sorry. I what is his chair? Does his chair say Kyler on the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. But it, and also, to, to take a step further, and, and I know we're focusing on Kyler, the, the biggest thing for me, Vinny, with Hard Knocks is, and, and I, I compare it, and I've done this a few times here on the air, is I've kind of compared it a little bit to, to All or Nothing, which was basically the same mm-hmm. premise of a show. And I thought the greatest part of All or Nothing was was the behind-the-scenes access you got to the conversations that took place mm-hmm. uh, between Steve and Mike and B.A. and you know how the Cardinals dealt with stuff, mm-hmm. um, how they handled their business behind the scenes. We're not getting any of that. Now, maybe the difference is the 2015 team won... <laughs> The well, 2022 team lost. That's a big and difference. Is losing, and they don't. Want, and they don't want us to hear those conversations. The other big difference is how it was packaged and presented. That was a. This is a season wrap up. We followed this team all season long, and we're going to present it to you after it's all said and done. Where with hard knocks in the middle of a regular season, there's that real time element to it that puts everybody on guard because everybody's you know. Information is, is key. You don't want to let out anything when, when you've got opponents that you're still facing. So I think that's right. a big, big issue. The, the other big issue to me is that I just I, I wonder how the NFL is handling this with the Cardinals. It, it, the credibility of the show is taking a hit because all this stuff is going on that we know is going on yeah. with, with Eno and Kugler. And it's it's not being shown. Well, definitely, and, and that's, hurting, I, that's hurting the credibility. I know nationally it might not be a big yeah, deal, yeah. but the credibility of the show is taking a hit, Vinny. There's I, no question I agree about with it. You. The Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest, featuring three incredible nights of shows, including Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore, heading to the Footprint Center, February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale today at 10 o'clock, but you can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next. Devin Booker is the Western Conference Player of the Month and coming off one of his best games, probably his best game as a pro. What can he do to top it tonight? We'll get into that and some Suns talk with Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's fine when I'm winning. Um, you know, I've been there before. Like you said, I've had 50 before. Um, you know, so it's not something that... I'm shooting for at all, you know, if it happens within the flow of the game and, you know, I have it going and the team, you know, wants to keep playing through me, then I'll do that. It's Devin Booker. After a Wednesday night's performance, a virtuoso performance by Devin Booker against the Chicago Bulls, 51 points in under 31 minutes. A Yesterday he gets named uh, the Western Conference Player of the Month. Tim, I, I know you've watched a lot of basketball. I've watched a lot of basketball. Uh, that was one of those performances where you you didn't want it to end. Like I was bummed that the game got out of hand because I wanted to watch Devin Booker continue to play basketball, even if it meant him cooling off. But it didn't seem like there was any cooling off coming at, uh, in that performance. It was it was remarkable. Like anything he threw up was going in. Put it this way. Since 1954, 
only seven guys, seven, <laughs> had scored 50 or more points in 31 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. On 80% shooting. That was historic. Historic. He's the eighth guy to ever do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, thirty. he didn't even score until there were less than six minutes to go in the first quarter. So essentially, I mean, he, he, in terms of time on the clock, it was two and a half quarters. He dropped in 51. Mm-hmm. You're right. If that were a close game, so Book had to go back in there. I mean, he, he would have easily have cl- eclipsed 60. You would think. I, that, you know, that, that. Michael Jordan used to say when he had games like that, the, ru- the rim would look like a big old bucket. Mm-hmm. Booker basically hinted at the same thing. That, that's, that's the way that, that, that rim was looking. I got to tell you, Vince, I, Bernsey and I again talked about this a little bit yesterday. I'm not comparing the the two or or the three when you talk about Jordan and Kobe Bryant because you're talking about eleven rings and you're talking about the two best two guards ever, but from a sheer ability to score and the style in which you do score, Booker is trending to to be you know in that rarefied air with those two guys. Yeah. The, the 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 offensive game at the age of 26 is is looking a lot like the way those two guys played the game. Yeah, like the ability to score from anywhere on the court, score in traffic, draw contact, get to the free throw line, being able to alter your shot in the air when a defender plays you quite well, and still be able to get the shot off and knock it down. I mean, I'm just seeing a lot of similarities in the way he plays that position, the tenacity, the killer instinct, the 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 assassin. That's certainly I mean, that's all, certainly all, constant through all three. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just, he's not there yet. Let's not let's not get kooky. But I'm, I'm starting to see him trending towards that level of score yes. at that position and the similarities in which he does score. There are similarities. There's a lot of differences. I don't think um, Book is as you know jaw-dropping above the rim with, with the dunks. Now, obviously, he's got, I think, sneaky athletic ability. And he's not as strong yet either, Col- like just physically as strong as those guys. He's getting there. He's yet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let me drop yeah. a yet yeah. at the end of that. Because um, Jordan wasn't that strong either. In does he really remind you of Jordan, though? Maybe later career Jordan, but like Vinny was saying... Early career Jordan was so much about that athleticism and getting to the rim. Yeah, not not above the rim. He reminds me of Kobe a lot because that's his idol. The ear, the point that I was going to make too on Jordan was the the ear. It it makes it a little fuzzy too because the three point shot was not a weapon for Michael Jordan, and he didn't shoot it. He shot it horribly at the beginning of his career, but he averaged one point seven attempts from three. Uh, in in his career per game, if he was playing now, I mean, the, the three point shot has become such a big, big, bigger part of the game. So that's another big difference is that Devin Booker is also an elite level three point shooter, uh, whereas Jordan didn't use that as a weapon. Um, yeah, and Jordan did play above the rim more than Booker did, especially earlier yes. in his career. We had uh, Jake Fisher on from Yahoo Sports yesterday, covered a, a bunch of different topics, and obviously coming off that that Booker performance. He was a big topic of discussion. Here's what Jake Fisher had to say about uh, Devin Booker right now. I don't really like the awards culture and the debate around it, but to me right now, he's the MVP of the league doing what he's doing, keeping Phoenix number one in the West without Chris Paul, without Cam Johnson, without Jay Crowder. Um, I mean, the, the guy's just, just a stud. 
stone cold score. He's a professional, and he's getting it done on the on the, the, the defense, excuse me the defensive side of the ball too. So um, he, he's really, I think, uh, turned a lot of naysayers into supporters. Yeah, I think he's in top three right now. When you look at uh, December, early December, pecking order for MVP. Yeah, it's a silly discussion, but it's something that happens every year. He's been that good. And and what Jake Fisher says, when Devin Booker gets leaned on to the degree that he's being leaned on now without Chris Paul and without Cam Johnson, I'm not even throwing Jake Crowder in the mix. He's not something they had and they lost. So, you know, he's off to the side. But that's still 40% of your starting lineup that hasn't played for a substantial amount of time. And if you would have told me those things would happen and... The Suns would be 15 and 6 through 21 games and with the best record in the Western Conference. I would have told you you're crazy. But here we are. Yeah, to me to me the MVP thing that'll that'll take care of itself. We'll see. I, I don't think there's any doubt when you talk about maybe the best players in this league. I, I still think Giannis and Luka and Jokic and Joel Embiid are 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 right there yeah. and you're going to talk about team success but then you look at Jokic I mean the Nuggets won 48 games last year and Jokic still won another MVP mm-hmm. so you, there's no there's no formula for how that goes in other words the Mavericks could win 48 games and Lucas still could be the MVP so that'll play out for me really when you talk about Booker's ascension now into elite status I think prior to this year, there was always that sense of you had your elite superstar players, and maybe Booker was kind of a notch below in that tier two group. Mm-hmm. I think now he's he's in the tier one group. I, I, I think he, I think he's now in that group with the Durant, LeBron, Curry, Luka, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Jokic. group. I, I, I think Booker Booker's got a place, a seat at that table, if you will. I, I, I and and what that means, I don't know. It, it just to me, to me, it means something. Though I, I think the Suns have, I think the Suns have one of because there's no there's no finite number on how, how how many guys can be in that club, this fictional club that we create in our minds and on sports talk radio. But it's a club that certainly exists when you talk about the elite, top of the line, mm-hmm. super superstar players in this league. Yes, Book, Booker now to me is in that group. I agree with that. I think Jason Tatum belongs to that group now. Sure, well, he, but, but he, we throw Tatum in there. Here's sure. what that means to me. Jock Landale's in that group, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's when Landale. he plays every third game. Landale. Um, here's what it means to me to be membership in that group. You legitimize your chances to win a championship. Hundred percent. I mean, the the examples of teams that were able to climb the mountain all the way to the top without a member of that group, it's a very short list of teams. The Suns were one of those teams because Devin Booker, I don't believe, was in that group. He was very good two years ago when they made it to the finals. But uh, guess what? The team that won it had, had that, that guy. guy. And why and guess did what? they win it? Because they had that guy. Yes. Absolutely. So that's what it means to me is we keep talking about this shrinking window, this this window of opportunity that is closing in on the Suns. Did they blow it with that two-year run? They didn't get a championship. The big thing that has changed is Devin Booker has continued to ascend, and that changes all of the possibilities. How many teams since 1977, 79, have won an NBA championship without one of those guys. The Pistons? Seattle in the in what was it, seventy nine? Seventy that's what I mean, seventy nine, yeah, right? Yeah. The Pistons. The Pistons and it 
and not the, the Spurs. Not the, the Spurs' last title when Kawhi kind of drove them to the title. I don't think Kawhi was in that group just yet. Uh, and Duncan was on his way down. Not necessarily a member of that group either, but it, it's a short list. But boy, I mean, to say Duncan, at least Duncan, you know, he he had luggage tags mm-hmm. from that group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the first indoctrination of the Pistons had Isaiah Thomas. The second indoctrination, you could probably say, because they were just that was so, the, yeah, that, they were just so damn good defensively. But that was probably it. Otherwise, you go back to the Sonics in '79. Every damn championship team mm-hmm. had a guy in that group. Yeah, you need that guy. Sun's got that guy now. He is that guy. That's so exciting to watch. That that, that game. I could. I can't. I want to go back and watch it again. That's how good that was. Just jaw dropping. Yeah, <laughs> whatever he wanted to do, he did, and covered up a and like it was easy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was easy. And DeAndre Ayton also had one of his best games. And we're not talking at all about what he did. I'm pretty sure the Bulls had uh, had Scottsdale flu. I'm pretty sure they were. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I think they were out late the night before. <laughs> I mean, they weren't guarding anybody. Taking nothing away from booking Ayton. Don't get me wrong. They look like they had the Scottsdale flu. <laughs> well, maybe the Rockets will have it tonight too. I'm sure they will. Are they, they are their players old enough to get the Scottsdale flu? They got a lot of young players on their team. <laughs> Suns and Rockets tonight from Footprint Center coming up. Uh, another lackluster edition of Thursday Night Football. We'll get into that more NFL hash marks from around the league. It's Bickley and Murata mornings Tim ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata hash marks. <laughs> Josh looks, going to throw. Pressured, moves to his right, out of the pocket, looks into the end zone, can't find anybody. Chase to the sideline, fires into the end zone, and it is caught. Gabe Davis makes the catch in the end zone. Well, that was a really underwhelming call for a really overwhelming play from Josh Allen, but that was actually the Bills Radio Network. WGR, one of two touchdown passes for Josh Allen last night. 24-7, Bills beat the uh, Patriots. The highlight for the Patriots, I think, was them busting out the Pat Patriot uniforms. They looked good, didn't they? They did. Uh, that was the only thing that looked good. Man, uh, that offense. I was, was having uh, Steve Grogan to Russ Francis memories. <laughs> Is that date? Do I date myself, Sam Mosey Bam? Tatupu. Sam Bam Cunningham. John Hanna. You know, when Josh <laughs> Allen threw that touchdown pass, you know, I don't mean to pile on, but I... Instantly thought to myself, I remember when Kyler Murray used to make plays like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought of. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I, I thought yeah. to myself, I remember it wasn't all that long ago when our guy was running around making plays like that. Well, we'll get more into Kyler in a little bit. I uh, mean, and, and it's, but he did. Ky- yeah. The, the first seven games of last year, he was running around making plays like it that. It was a routine occurrence. I'm like, this team is going to the Super Bowl and this kid might win the MVP. Mm-hmm. What a difference a year makes, huh? My gracious. Um, Mac Jones is in his second season as the Patriots starter. He got caught on the sidelines admonishing somebody, yelling about the offense, throw the ball, the quick game sucks. He was asked about his sideline outburst to quote-unquote offensive coordinator Matt Patricia. Obviously, just kind of let my emotions get to me, but, um, you know, we're kind of playing from behind, and what I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working. But I felt like we needed chunk plays, and um, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. And that's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game, and um, obviously, you don't want to get your emotions let you know get the best of you. But um, 
yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Like it wasn't directed at anybody, just emotion coming out, and we kind of needed a spark. This is me slow clapping for Mac Jones. There you go, Mac. As somebody who watches games that I don't even have an emotional tie to, and I yell at the TV, throw the damn ball down the field. Let me applaud Mac Jones. Because there's elements, I don't know if you feel the same way, Tim. The the short passing game and these little dink and dunk horizontal crap passes that we see here and in other places, it is hard to watch. It's also hard to put together touchdown drives. Yes. Kurt, Kurt Warner talks about it all the time or talked about it all the time. You need chunk plays. It's hard in the National Football League to put together a 13-14 play scoring drive. Defenses are ultimately going to make a play or you're going to have a penalty. You got to have chunk plays. At, 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 lo and behold, the Patriots scored one touchdown. On a chunk play. <laughs> <laughs> On a chunk play. But these 15-play drives, look, there's something about being methodical at times in games, but you can't live that way all the time because if you're running 15-play drives, the you know the chances are you're going to mess up. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. You're going to yeah. have a penalty. The yeah, defense, penalty, a negative defense play. Defense is going to make a play. It, it, it's hard to watch. Um, but you, know, you said something earlier in the show, and I agree with it. Buffalo had their little stretch where they lost back-to-back games, and Buffalo had been the talk of the AFC, had some injuries, lost those back-to-back games, and in that process, fell from the top of the conference to third in their own division. And now they've kind of straightened out playing good football again. Um, you know, We had the classic Mahomes versus Allen matchup in the playoffs, and it did not disappoint. I'm thinking we're. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think right now those two teams are head and shoulders above everybody in the AFC. Yeah, they need head a- and shoulders above Miami. Yes, I want to see Miami do it. Now they they would disagree with you in Miami, yes. obviously. Now the Dolphins did beat the Bills earlier this season, mm-hmm. but having said that, I would agree with that. The I, I think the Bills and the Pats are heading for a collision course in the AFC Championship game. I think we're going to have Allen versus Mahomes. I, could it be something as simple, guys, as whichever team has the home field advantage in that game is probably going to be here for the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Arrowhead, which is, a, despite what happened last year, a tough place to win. And obviously, Buffalo in January, I imagine, is going to be a very tough place to win. Yep. Uh, this week is week 13 in the NFL. That marks the return of Deshaun Watson to the football field after his suspension. The Cleveland Browns quarterback who got the giant guaranteed contract is going back to where he started his NFL career in Houston. Uh, he finally spoke to the media yesterday and said, yeah, I'm just, I'm not talking about that other stuff. Like I said, I'm focusing on football. Uh, that's my main focus is, is football and preparing to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns so I can execute the game plan to try to get a win this Sunday. And? Uh, I understand that you guys have, uh, you know, a lot of questions, um, but with my legal team and my clinical team, um, there's only football questions that I can really address at this time. Um... I know that that ruffles feathers when you have, I mean, Deshaun Watson for the last two football seasons has just been a lightning rod for controversy, for headlines, for all bad reasons. And I think all but one of those lawsuits is settled at this point. Up to 10 of his uh, accusers and and women that he did settle with will be at that game in Houston. Uh, This has the makings of a circus. But do you think Deshaun Watson should be 
should be held accountable and answer those questions heading back in, uh, into action? I think there's probably some things he can say that would not affect him legally. A lot of times I think that's a cop-out anyway. I think yeah. people use, they hide behind the whole, like, there's only so much I can say because of legal reasons. I think he can probably apologize. I think he can probably some show some contrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in how you deal with that rather than kind of callously hide behind Which, legal reasons that I can't speak about it. During this process, he's been all over the place even on that scale. I mean, remember before the preseason game, you know, the the quick interview, he basically said he was sorry about it, and then the next time he addressed the media, he had a different tone altogether. It's been a very inconsistent approach from, from Deshaun Watson in dealing with all this. I mean, at the same time, I mean, if you, if you apologize, then you, are you, what are you apologizing for? You're admitting guilt. He always says he's not guilty. I mean, if you settle anything. 26 lawsuits, you're kind of admitting something, too, uh, aren't you? Also true. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a very. <laughs> so you think he's going to get ugly situation. booed mercilessly in Houston, or is it going to be 50 50? I don't think it'll be 50-50. I think it'll be 80-20, negative over positive. Do you think people will go to the game just to be there for him? I mean, they're what are they, 1-9? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... A 1-9 team in December? Yeah. It's and a playing, spectacle, though. And playing, it people, is an absolute People going to show up just to be there for the yes. Sean Watson return? But to answer Jarrett's question, before all this stuff with the massages came out, Deshaun Watson was on record and saying, I want out. That doesn't that doesn't sit well with fan bases. He already wasn't showing up to practices and stuff yes. right. before this came out. Yes. He was holding out. So that's why it's going to be like an 80-20 to 20 split. You ever think you'd be paying that much attention to a Cleveland-Houston game in no. December? <laughs> now, he played a little bit in the preseason, he did. did he not? He, did, he played terribly. If I remember correctly. If I remember yeah. correctly. <laughs> He really, I mean, he hasn't played an NFL game in how long? It's been over like 18 months. Since yeah. January of say over 20, a year and a half. 2021? It would be the 2020 season, but, but into 2021. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does that mean he hasn't played in front of fans in. Oh, gosh. I hadn't even thought about two that. Two and a half years? I don't know. No, they're. Uh, I, Luna, I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to look that up. Different, by the different end, by markets the end of that, let teams in. But by the end of that season, there was uh, even teams that were letting fans, like the Cardinals started to let fans in, and then it was empty again by the end of the right. year. Yeah, I think, didn't the Cowboys say, come one, come all, yeah. at some point? Yeah. Well, Shout out Jerry Jones. I imagine that was only two, two years ago. Oh, that feels like a weird lifetime ago. It does. You know, he, wouldn't, he was asked about... You know, what did he learn from his league-mandated counseling? And he wouldn't even answer that question. I mean, so he's really he's really pleading the taking the fifth on this thing. Oh, yeah, because it's been, you know, pounded into his head by his legal team. You can't stray from this. You can't give him anything. It's right. football questions only or else you're just going to get hounded. He's still going to get hounded. He's going to answer that question the same way a lot for the rest of this season yeah. and moving forward. By the way, 700 days since he's last played. Wow. Wow. So we're talking about almost two years. Yeah. But you know what? I think Rust kind of mixes in with Cleveland's color scheme, so it might oh. it might look pretty good. <laughs> and, and I believe his attorney is yes. Rusty. Yeah, Indeed. that's right. And the aesthetic of the entire city. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Uh, coming up next, thankfully... 
Patrick Peterson took the time to clarify his comments that he made on his podcast about Kyler Murray. Oh, uh, thanks. We'll get into that clarification, or whatever it was. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.